Hey everyone, it's Jen and Jess from the beauty podcast, Fat Mascara, here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's Beja Flor Elastic Cream, a rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus, it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosta 68 fragrance. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code ACAST10. That's S-O L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O soldajanero.com and use the code ACAS10 for 10% off. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Well, hello, everyone. And you join us here today on a little bit of a momentous occasion. Because, uh, Tom, you know that company we work for. Watchfinder. Oh yeah. It's Watchfinder's birthday. Um, Watchfinder has been around for 20 years. And um, collectively, you and I have, have been here for 20 years as well. So yeah, yeah, yeah. What we want to do today to celebrate those 20 years is to put some of the knowledge that we have amassed to the test by finally biting the bullet, digging up an old meme and ranking watch brands. Sure. Well, what I'm going to do, Tom, um, Watchfinder on the homepage you will see has 12 hot brands, because 10 is never enough. And I'm going to go through those, and we are going to rank their position. I want to base that on some logic. Yeah, there's got to be some sort of uh, method to the ranking. We can't just arbitrarily slap these in a list, although I've got a feeling that's how it's going to go, but uh, yeah. <laughs> so here, I, I'm, I'm thinking about five different quality points to consider with each brand when we talk about them. Sure. The first one is quality, because, you know, Swiss watches and that, they've got to be well-made. Right. History. Do they have some of that in their past? And how much? It's very important. Greatest hits. There are going to be some watchmakers out there that don't have too many, but the things they've made, oh, yep, remember them. Then it's value. And last but not least... Something that you and I are both very familiar with, Tom. Street cred. Okay, sounds good. Are you ready? Yep. Dear viewer and listener, why don't you play along? Open up a fun spreadsheet while you uh, listen along with us and put the brands down in the order that you think. When we get to the end of the recording, place down your order of that list. It will be different from ours. And that means you're wrong. Or it's entirely subjective. Either one of those. Here we go. Audemars Piguet. Right. Well, top three. It's got to be, hasn't it? That's what people say. They do. One of the holy trinity. 
so there you go. I'm, I can't remember what the other two are, so I'm just going to say three. <laughs> when you say, I can't remember what the other two are, the other two in the Holy Trinity or the other two watches Odom RPG makes? Well, both. They've got the, the Royal Oak, right? Yeah, they definitely have that. One hit wonder. The only other thing I can remember is the Code 1159, and, and that is not what, you know, it's widely considered to be a hit, is it? They've got the Royal Oak offshore. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 the spin-off. The Joey of the Royal Oak. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's got the quality, it's got the history. Yeah, it's got both of those. Value I'm not too sure about. Street cred, sure. Ooh. But one hit. So, yeah, I, I think three's a good enough place for it as any. <laughs> Just get the ball rolling. I'm going to put it on the list. And right now that list contains Odomar Piguet. So that gives us more opportunity to fight about it later on. Juge le Court. That's a really interesting one, isn't it? Because the quality, quality. is, yeah. you know, Ooh. indisputable quality. The watchmaker's watchmaker. Bags of heritage. Hits. Well, the Reverso is a very, very famous watch, um, yep. very recognisable. The Polaris is coming into its own right now, I think. Yep. Value, based on the three points I've just mentioned, it's a decent proposition for what you're going to get. Street cred, I think it kind of flies under the radar a little bit, doesn't it? Not recognised by the masses, but at the same time, I kind of feel like if you don't know about them, then you're losing out. Yeah. So that makes it cooler. Yeah, I think it has that. You don't even know yeah. street cred. It's not try hard. It's not like, oh, I've got the watch they wear in the music videos. It's, oh, this old thing. This is just my JLC. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, nice one. Rolex. Yeah, I used to like them, but uh, now I like uh, JLC. So uh, catch you later anyway. I'm running late for my 12 o'clock. Ciao, ciao, ciao. That sort of thing. And then that person gets sprayed with a puddle by a passing bus while you go off on your Segway wearing your JLC. <laughs> That's what I envision anyway. That's the life that I dream to live. Above or below Audemars Piguet? I think it's got to be above. I heartily agree. Next one. Now this is really going to put some salt on your Patek Philippe. Quality, without a doubt. Sure. History, they made all the things. Yeah. Greatest hits, they've got the Nautilus. They, they have their own cover band, the Aquanaut. They've got grand complications coming out of the Wazoo. Uh, yeah. The Calatrava is the watch that made how watches even look like today. Everything. Everything, Tom. So, uh... Except value. Mm. I mean, they're quite dear. <laughs> Street cred. Your friend of mine, John Mayer, likes a Patek Philippe. Does he? <laughs> sure. So that puts Patek Philippe above or below JLC. Above or below AP. Yeah, stick them at the top. There you go. It's a good looking list so far. I'm quite pleased with that. But... We've now got to talk about Cartier. Oh. Now, Cartier have always been a bit of an oddball because they're predominantly a, a jeweller, a, a fashion brand, a creator of high-quality things in general, not just a watchmaker, but they are one of the biggest watchmakers in the world, battling with Omega for second place after Rolex. So, they're a big deal. They're a big deal. They certainly have quality. That Mass Mysterious that we had a look at was quality. Yeah, they've got the quality... They've got the hits, their square cases are recognisable, their tanks and Santoses, etc. Yep. Their street creds through the roof. They're, they're one of the biggest brands around, I think. Yeah. They are an institution in a much broader sense than any standalone watch brand can be. I've always said this, there are a lot of jewellery brands out there that make good watches but really struggle to marry the two together. Cartier isn't a watch brand or a jewellery, it's, it's Cartier. It's a thing. You just have to say Cartier and people let you into places. And the, the, the history as well. They were they were the people making AP big. 
by selling them in their shops and putting Cartier on the dial. They were making watches, wristwatches for men popular. They have been there every step of the way and they've been a real kind of tastemaker. And they still are. They still are. Does that put them above or below JLC? Let's start there. Below. So above AP. Sure. I don't think that's right, but go for it. We'll, we'll sort it out later. I think it sits above AP. I think you can buy you can buy watches from Cartier for not ridiculous amounts of money that are high quality, that have the history, the street cred, the, all of that. I'm going to stick them above AP. Okay. Next one there, Sunny Jim, is your friend and mine, Henry Tudor. Ooh. I do love a Tudor. You could strongly argue a value proposition watch brand. Absolutely. Ticking all the boxes in value. Hard. Quality? I think it's getting some of that quality splashback from hanging off the coattails of Rolex, its big sister. <laughs> well, I'm I'm going to say that quality is like a, a half. They're not they're not rubbish, obviously, but they certainly don't reach the quality that you could expect of a, an AP JLC and all that kind of business. History, history is kind of there. They've you know sought the cheeky opportunities rather than being like we made the wristwatch. We invented water and stuff like that. They were they're more like, oh, I'm here, I am. Yeah, new heritage. Um, greatest hits. Yeah, well, they've got loads of greatest hits. That they're all just called Black Bay. Um, <laughs> street cred? Yeah, I think so. Again, it's the Rolex connotation, I think, has elevated them, dragged them up. Well, let, let me pose this scenario to you. No. And tell me what you think. Go on, then. <laughs> Thanks. You're there wearing your Tudor. Someone walks up to you and they say, oh, nice watch. Is that a Rolex? Well, you can go to, yes, yeah, sort of. Yeah, that's that's what the coolest people say. Yeah, sort of. So I think street cred, I think it's got some real kind of oomph in the collector community. And I think that's what makes it attractive because it's like a, you know, knowing wink and a nod. Yeah. But it borrows from the thing that everyone recognises and isn't that. Half points. So, above or below Audemars Piguet? Mm, above, but below Cartier. Yeah, I think you're right. I was considering below Audemars Piguet, but I think Tudor does everything like decently. I don't think it does any one thing except maybe value incredibly well. But it's just, yeah, it's just there. It's just about. It's a safe bet. In it goes, above Audemars Piguet. Sorry, AP. Next is Omega. Now, Omega... They're big boys in my mind. Yeah. Big, big boys. Agreed. It's another one of those brands like Cartier that people recognise. Quality. The movements have more things going on. The cases have a bit more kind of, mm, the dials have a little bit more like, ooh. Love those liar lugs. Yeah. They've, they've generally been about making a, uh, a visually stunning as well as technically stunning product. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're not Patek Philippe's, they're not JLC's, but they are good. All the history. Twice as much history as a Rolex has got by the virtue of being around for twice as long. Lots of great endeavours up into the sky and down into the depths. Yeah. Yeah, loads of hits. you got all your masters, your speed, your C. Yeah, value. Uh, I think it provides good... It's not It's not the best. It's not Tudor levels of value, but it's better than Rolex. So it's, it's nicely in there. Relatively attainable. And then street cred. I don't think the street cred side of things is bad either. I think people are like, oh yeah, Omega. I know about Omega. They're cool. So, where are we placing Omega? It's not going to be above Patek Philippe. Is it going to be above JLC? Wouldn't have thought so. Do you know what? I almost want to just stick them at the top. 
as it stands. Just because, you know, you said it yourself numerous times. They're big boys. They're not bigger boys than Patek Philippe, though, are they? Um, How about this, then? What do you reckon? Not with not above JLC, but above Cartier. Splitting the difference between those two. I like that, sure. Are you with me on that? Well, I'm putting it in, so there you go. That is final. Moving on from Omega, then, we're into a slightly different territory, Tom. Hublot. Okay, yeah. Quality. They're, they're well made. They're, they're not the best. They look pretty chunky. There's lots of it, yeah. If you're if you're valuing quality by sheer pound weightage. It looks like they could withstand, you know, a clip on the door frame. So that's that's good. That's quality in my mind. Um but then they're, they're not they're certainly not badly made. They're made to a high a high standard. I, I think where this starts to raise eyebrows is when we get to the value area. History, they don't really have any greatest hits. They've got the big bang. People like that. Yeah, uh, they got the square bang, sort of similar. Oh yeah, yeah. It might be a third bang. I'm not sure. Street cred. They've got lots of street cred. Huge. With the FIFA crowd, I think um, a lot of the Ute are gonna um, covet Hublot quite highly. They've got good associations with famous footballers and things like that. You get massive returns on street cred there for a Hublot. I think Hublot do a lot of things that people don't like in the collector community but that doesn't mean they're necessarily for the collector community they're for people who want to watch that's big and shiny and colorful and says how wealthy they are and that's what hublot does incredibly well and so i can see why people choose to purchase them yeah i mean sure that's that's great and everything and um i think they're fine i've got nothing against them really but if you look at these points quality history greatest hits value and street cred i don't think it's doing any of those better than any of the watches we've currently got on the list? No, right at the bottom then. I don't think anyone will be too surprised by that. Tom. Yes. Tag Heuer. I like them. I think they're good. It sounds like I should just put them in the middle right away. I really like Tag. I think maybe maybe not the highest of quality. You know, they can dabble in quartz and a little bit kind of plasticky with some of their Formula One models, but then they can get right up there as well. The Monaco and the Carrera, those are great iconic pieces that um, they're hard to deny if someone puts one in your face and says, that's cool, isn't it? I think that's their biggest downfall in, in recent history is them trying to do too much for too many people. Um, they're awesome for people who are getting their first Swiss luxury watch. Yeah, because the the quality is very good for that entry level price. The history is fantastic. They've had watches in space, Steve McQueen, Formula One, all of that good stuff. So good value. Street cred. I don't think people are going to be like, "Whoa, baller," or whatever it is people say. But they'll be like, "Yeah, nice watch." The Monaco featured in Breaking Bad, obviously the uh, the inferior sequel to Better Call Saul, but still <laughs> cool TV appearance. Yeah. They're a good brand, and I think people should appreciate them more. Amen, brother. But the problem we've got is where to put them on our list. Uh, above AP. You think? They take more chances and they score more goals than AP. So quantitatively, I think <laughs> it's a net gain for tag over AP. <laughs> I think it's very fine, for sure. I mean, these, these two brands do something very, very different. Yeah. But I'll go with it. I'll go with it. I'll pop them in above AP thinking about it i think ap should be much higher and that might make this list make a bit more sense but we'll <laughs> we'll get to that right next on the list is breitling the pilots watch brand 
What do you think of Breitling? Uh, I've said this before, they're not my favourite, but that doesn't mean they're not cool. They're definitely, they are definitely iconic. The uh, the number wang watch, um, the Navitimer, you can, you can see that thing from across the other side of the street and you'll be like, that guy flies. Yeah, that guy slide rules. A uh, huge amount of heritage. Again, watches being to space, watches being in the sea... They've they established a lot of uh, very common principles in watchmaking, especially with chronographs. The quality is good, especially the new in-house movements. Some of the premier collection recently have been really, really nice and have been mistaken by people who should know better for Patek Philippe's. That tells you a lot, doesn't it? Yeah. Value, mm, they're okay. They kind of sit in the middle. They're not like, oh, that's good value for money, but they're not like, oh, that's a lot either. Yeah, yeah. They're okay in that respect. Street cred. Have they managed to shake off the whole John Travolta thing yet, do you think? Uh, Well, I'm not aware of that. I mean, we were saying earlier that collectively we've been at Watchfinder 20 years, but I only started paying attention to watches about eight months ago when we started doing this podcast. So I don't remember John Travolta (laughs) and Breitling very much. Um, So that doesn't bother me. I think that the... I think that the Breitling brand is quite a strong one. I think that Flying Bee is, again, like Tag, it sort of feels synonymous with air travel. It kind of feels like, I don't know, like a sort of Pan Am vintage, you know, the glorious days of aviation sort of vibe. And I think that works in its favour. So, above or below Tag Heuer? Mm. Personally, for me, I think they're just below. Below Tag Heuer? Yeah, but then I think I think they're below AP as well. You think they're below AP? Interesting. Yeah, this is. I think. I think you've been skewed by years of Breitling being like good. <laughs> I'm not aware of that. <laughs> well, I'm going to overrule you on this. I think Breitling sits above Tag Heuer, and I'm tempted to say it sits above Tudor as well. Yeah. Okay, that sounds right to me now. Now that you've said it, I've been swayed. That's Breitling. How about IWC? Just instant gut reactions in the middle. Bang in the middle. Between Brightening and Cartier. I'm not even going to argue with that. I'm just going to put it there. It just feels, feels right. right. It just feels right, yeah. A bit like an IWC does. You put it on and you think, yeah, that's right. That's fine. Off I go. Carry on. Um, next brand, Tom. I'm interested to see what you think of this one. Panerai. The Italian Stallion. Ah, oh, it's a tough one. Right, let me... let me. So quality, yep. It's got quality. Those are fine watches. It's got Rolex quality, isn't it? It's got that rugged, like... That's right. It's not It's not an intricate thing. It's a, it is a lumpy thing, but it's still considered. It's still well made. Yeah, it's got good history again, you know. It's got a, a rich past of you know making watches for various people. It's the only watch brand that I know of that has a following. Yeah. Like a, a proper named group of people who are devoted to it. There's no Rolexy or... Omega Eye, it's it's the Panaristi, isn't it? You can't deny that that iconic watch has a huge, huge following. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, but then cult classics never top the greatest hits list, do they? No. Are you saying it's the Donnie Darko of watches? Yes. Yes, I am. Value? Uh, again, it's a bit like Breitling. There are some down there in the more affordable-ish end. They're not like, whoa, this is so cheap. But then you don't have to pay tens of thousands to, to enter the brand either. Where does it sit? Above or below Tag Heuer? The irresistible power of the Radiomir and the Luminor is enough to put it above Tag Heuer. Yeah. Above or below Breitling then? Yeah, go on. Yeah, sneak it in there. 
I don't think it pips IWC. I think IWC have got a few more things going on. Yeah, but for what Panerai does, for that little niche that it carves, yeah, let's stick it above Breitling. Sounds good. And that leaves us, finally, with Rolex. I'm just going to put that at the top. Yep. Lovely. Well, there you go, dear viewer and listener. That is our roundup of the top 12 brands uh, on Watchfinder, ranked from... I was going to say from best to worst, but I don't think that's fair. I think it's from top to bottom. Yeah. Hang on. Why is Tudor so low? I think we've done AP a dirty as well. Well, there you go, dear viewer and listener. I think we've done that completely wrong. And if I've learned anything, it's that this is entirely... What did you say earlier on, Tom? Arbitrary. Subjective. A waste of time. That's the one, yeah. So sorry about that. But remember this. If you like a watch, buy it. That's the one for you. The one that you like is the one for you. No questions asked. Anything between Rolex and Hublot, you like it, it's yours. Ignore this list. Exactly. So while we wish um, ourselves at Watchfinder a happy 20th birthday, um, Tom, should we... Talk? I, I really think that Tudor should be a bit higher than that. I think we've got to squeeze AP in. I'm not sure I think the Royal Oak is just... The it it deserves thing. better. Just, I sometimes I think I made like the idea of Tag Hoyer being second from bottom. everyone, it's Jen and Jess from the beauty podcast Fat Mascara here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's Beja Flor Elastic Cream, a rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus, it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosta 68 fragrance. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code ACAST10. That's S-O-L D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O soldejanero.com and use the code ACAST10 for 10% off. 